I don't know. We were talking about Jesus. It says something about Jesus turning water into wine. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, Je- there's a thank you, Jesus. There's a guy in the corner um, of our intersection that randomly just shows up with a Bible with a, and 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 just kind of stands in place, steps in place, and goes, Jesus, 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 glory, glory. Glory, 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 Jesus, love, love, love. What? Hello and welcome to Hiatus Cast because we've been off for like a, like half a month to a month. Uh, trying to figure things out, but uh, by the time you hear this, one thirteen part A and B should already be up. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, we had lost the original recording of episode one thirteen, and so when we recorded again, we recorded one thirteen. But uh, I somehow found the original one thirteen somewhere in my temp folders in my laptop, so it wasn't deleted, and so I am resurrecting that too. And so you have two episode one thirteens to Yay. to contend with. So happy, which is which is kind of weird, but you know there there it is. Um, and this is actually episode one fourteen. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, uh, which will have happened last Thursday already. And uh, just a a somber note. Uh, uh, condolences to anybody affected by the Mumbai attacks. Oh yeah, which uh, which kind of really sucked, especially that it happened over the holiday. But. Um, uh, survive, as Robert Downey Jr. says in Tropic Thunder, survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but today, we are not talking about anything, because we are reading your winning topics for the Street Fighter swag. Um, it looks like nobody has entered in a topic since the last uh, entry, which uh, all the entries which we've read off in the last episode. So uh, I think what this means is that you're all eligible to win some sort of swag. It's just dependent on who gets the first dibs on the swag. Yeah, like first, second, third, fourth prize yeah, type of that. Exactly. So, um I am your host, uh the Austin Chupon, Mr. Chupon Tri Games guy. And with me is the co host with the hair. Achoo and you're all of a sudden sneezing. Yeah, like young. Are, are, is your name Yang? Yang? No, it's 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 Yang. My name is Al Yang. Your name is Al Yang. Okay. Yep. That, that makes Yang. perfect sense. All right. Uh, that's the antipode. That's right. And uh, we're here to talk about topic. Uh, but before we jump into that, uh, somebody's been playing some games, and I think it's Al. Sort of. Sort of. But the better question is, what games did you buy for cheap on Black Friday? Oh. Ask me. Come on. Come on. Ask me. Come on, ask me. I will ask, ask me, you, but on. since you bought so many, I'll go first, and and because I only I only <laughs> bought three. Uh, okay. Mortal Kombat vs. DC Universe uh, for forty bucks. Oh, I gotta go to your house. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I bought that for forty bucks. I bought. Um, I gotta see my, my Amazon order here. Um, your order with Amazon. Uh, I bought uh, Dragon Quest four for twenty seven bucks, which is not actually a Black Friday deal, but it was twenty seven bucks. And yeah, then I'm going to your house. And then God of War: <laughs> Chains of Olympus for twenty bucks on PSP. Awesome. I, I was about I was gonna buy Crisis Core Final Fantasy because I wanted to press the win button over and over again, and that was going for fifteen bucks on on the actual Black Friday. But I didn't buy, I didn't buy anything on Black Friday, so 
when I came home, it was past midnight, so it technically wasn't Friday anymore. But instead of Crisis Core, I found God of War in its place. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'd rather have God of War anyways. And it's at 20 bucks. So, yeah, there you go. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's my Black Friday dealings. But I know you have many, many, many dealings. What are your dealings? Yeah, um, I, I couldn't resist a deal. And those deals were just dropping all over the damn place. I mean, shoot, if you haven't read my GameSpot blog, um, I listed quite a few there, but there's still some missing because the weekend has gone by. And, you know, I wrote that on Thanksgiving, probably like just as I no no, this was posted on Thanksgiving at 1233 in the afternoon. So that was before I went to sleep for like an hour. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So according to my GameSpot blog, I went on Newegg.com at like three in the morning or something like that. Uh, Participated in their Black Friday sale, bought Dead Rising for ten dollars. No more heroes for fifteen dollars. Brand on Paradise for twenty dollars. That's that's a great deal Jeez. right there. I said I was never gonna buy Dead Rising until it's ten dollars on it, this podcast, and, it, and guess what happened? It came ten dollars. That's right. Never fear, never fail. Right. Um, let's see. A while ago, this isn't really a Black Friday thing, but I mentioned anyway. I bought uh, Last Remnant for forty dollars uh, as a pre-order sale. It was actually thirty nine ninety nine, and then when the pre order was over, it turned out to be thirty nine ninety six, and now it's like thirty nine ninety five. So I've been sh- shafted out of a cent. Oh I'm no! I'm I'm going to sue Amazon for damages. Two cents. <laughs> yes. Um, I went to GameFly and got Army of Two for eighteen dollars. Uh, that's just you know they have it on sale like that, and I got it yesterday, but I haven't opened it yet. Uh, other than cleaning out all the crap you know the security tape that was still on it and the security device that's still in it so i kind of took all that stuff out check the disc oh. uh at circuit city i bought bioshock for ten dollars i still haven't gotten it yet because uh circuit city hasn't gotten it yet but i have my rain check and my bioshock is still ten dollars uh so how many on... oh wait, wait you're still going oh yeah 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 jeez <laughs> After work on Thanksgiving morning, I stopped by GameStop and bought the Crisis Collectors Edition for $20 and um, was so tempted to buy something else. Like, I saw the Devil May Cry, like, collection. It was, like, Devil May Cry 1, 2, and 3. I'm like, this is probably the only way I'm going to get Devil May Cry 2. But then I already have Devil May Cry 3 and Devil May Cry, I mean, Devil May Cry 1. And Devil May Cry 3 is, like, $10 or something like that. So $30 isn't really worth it. But I walked out of the store without buying anything else, which I was happy about. Right. But I was sad about it at the same time. Oh. Um, let's see. After I wrote this blog, like two minutes later, I looked on Steam and it was selling Titan Quest Gold for ten dollars. So I bought that. Yes. Um. So yeah, I have that. And um, multiplayer, multiplayer. Yes, multiplayer goodness. I also went <clears throat> on Friday, the you know the the day after. Thanksgiving, um, I bought on Xbox Live the Death Magnetic album for a thousand points. Mm-hmm. I did not buy anything else <laughs> because <laughs> well, after all that really... stuff, I would hope not. No, I'm. I swear, I only spent like one hundred fifty dollars, and I Jesus, I think I still have. Oh, on eBay, I bought Contra Shattered Soldier, so now Ooh. I finally have that, and I bought that for like. 
I don't know, $5 plus like $4 shipping, some crap like that. Um, or maybe it was $10 plus $4 shipping. Yeah, that's what it was. So that was that. Um, I think I still have stuff coming to me. Oh, no, no, all the stuff that I ordered. I haven't really gotten any of the stuff yet that I mentioned before except for Last Remnant right. Romeo 2. So I'm like still waiting for games to come you, to you me. You made that mail. sound like one game. What? Last, Last Remnant, Remnant Army, colon, of Army of Two. <laughs> so uh, that's what I bought over Black Friday. So um, how many is that? That is three, five. Jesus. Uh, Titan Quest Gold is that? Was that count as one or two games? Uh, it's it's a game plus expansion. So I guess you could say two. Uh, I guess two. Yeah, right. sure. Alright, that's seven. Jeez. Eight, um nine. Uh do do we count the uh Death Magnetic? Uh as deals uh, It's an album. Like it's pretty much I, sure, like, yeah. Sure, uh, sure. Eighty minutes yeah, of sure. gameplay. Yeah, I guess so. Alright, so that's uh what, ten? Jesus. Yeah, that's ten, ten for hundred and fifty. I got three for ninety nine, so it's you 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 scoured much better deals, but then again, I didn't um, see the Dead Rising was was not in my uh, cart. I I don't think I'd have the time or patience to play that at this point because ah. I do want it, but mm-hmm. just not at this point. So I'll just wait till official, okay. officially. What what were your other ten dollar ones again, real quick? Um, Bioshock, right, right, um, right. Titan Quest, or Bio- Country Shadow Soldier. Uh, yeah, Bioshock is a big one. Yeah, for PC, man, too. Oh, nice. Good. <laughs> Good. That's the way yeah. to go. Um, I didn't want to get it for Xbox. And, you know, I was I was kind of pissed a little bit, but, you know, I wasn't pissed because I actually, you know, I enjoyed the game. Uh-huh. But um, Left 4 Dead was, like, on sale for $20. I was like, oh, my God, can I get Left 4 Dead for uh, $20? Wait, where, 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 what? where? That was at Circuit City, I think, or something Ooh. like that. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know if it's still I there. might have to... I might um, have to look. It might be on... Actually, I think it's on Amazon. Oh, but Amazon doesn't have the weekend deal. Um, check Cheap Ass Gamer, because that's where I got all my info. Yeah, I'm dropping it in. <laughs> GPT is the freaking man. All right, I got to check. I definitely have to check that out then, because um, mm-hmm. Left 4 Dead is Left 4 Dead. <laughs> like, yeah, Left 4 Dead is a freaking great game, too. The stupid shit is I'm looking at all the stuff, and I'm like, I don't want the box copy, I want the digital download. And I'm like, wait a second, I like boxes, screw that. And it's cheaper, <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah. They had Crisis Warhead for $20 at GoGamer.com, but I, I was just kind of like, alright, I think we're gonna stop buying <laughs> stuff because I don't really have the time to play it first. Right. Least, and I still have a whole bunch of old games to play, but I'm gonna just, like, crack open these boxes and, like, I installed Crisis, but I haven't played it yet. Um, yeah, see, you know, I, yeah. Last Remnant's still in the box. It's like, I, I, yeah, I want Warhead, but I need the original one first. So yeah, and so I'm like, by the time I'm ready to play Crisis Warhead, I think, uh, it'll be, ten fifteen dollars anyway. Maybe I'll catch a weekend on Steam. It'd be like Crisis and Warhead for thirty dollars together, but you can still get them separate. Yeah, I, I'm kind yeah, of maybe it's a mistake, but I'm kind of waiting for that for the little uh, for the little double up, which they yeah, yeah, which I hope they will have at some point in their lives, but yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. It's probably inevitable. It's oh, inevitable, oh. inevitable, inevitable. So what have you been playing after after you've been buying stuff? What have you been playing? Um, Castlevania, 
Dracula X Chronicles. Mm. I'm stuck on stage six. I'm not really stuck, but like I played it and I died. That kind of yeah. stuck, you know. Um, I played Res HD mm-hmm. early this morning. I opened up all the levels and I like owned that game for like a good hour, and then I got my ass beat in the last boss. Um, so that was fun. I played some Poker Smash, just like trying to stay awake. <laughs> um, played some WoW over the weekend. I didn't really get to play any games this week. So basically everything that I'm talking about that I played was pretty much today, uh-huh. Sunday, uh, yesterday, a little bit of Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, being that I, I worked, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, the only day I had off was yesterday. work a lot. Yeah. Um, but this is this is good money. Can I can I interrupt um, you for a second, just for a quick second? Yes. To any ooh, to anybody who just noticed <laughs> that my voice is crackling before, I forgot to turn off the twenty decibel mic boost, so I apologize if I broke your ears. Uh, but I just turned oh, it. Oh, you sound the same. I just me. turned it off now, so you guys should be fine. Anyway, go on. Um. Yeah. So then, <clears throat> at about five o'clock in the morning or something like that, I was really tired and I was thinking about going to sleep. But then I said, Wait a minute! I have two human. So I booted up two human and didn't go to sleep until about Jesus. 7, 15. Mind you, right now it's like t- 10 minutes to noon, so I only have four hours of sleep. But I feel great, and I'm going to have another nap and go to work. <laughs> you feel great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm also very happy to see that um, Prince of Persia is available on Steam, so I can actually still the get The original one, right? I'm talking about the old one. Yeah, yeah. it's the time, Warrior Within, Two yeah. Thrones. So, because I, I, I felt like I missed it. You know, I didn't get it for any of the consoles. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I I think that the uh, the combat is a little... It's not a game about combat, but the way that it kind of sticks you into the combat, it, it, it it's not... It, okay, put it this way. It puts you in those types of scenarios where it's like, okay, now clear a room. Okay, you've cleared the room. Now you mm. move on. It doesn't feel entirely organic. And when you okay. have a game that's not centered on combat or that doesn't really that doesn't really um focus on combat in terms of making it like intriguing, mm-hmm. but then they throw you into those rooms where you have to clear a room in order to move on, it just kind of feels weird. You know, it's like it's like well if they're if they're if their emphasis is not supposed to be on combat, but they're forcing me to do it, then what's the deal? You know? Right, I know it. It's kind of like a, a, hypocr- a hypocrisy or something. Sort of, hypocrisy. yeah. So it's like, it, it's not that it's bad. It's just not very fulfilling or intriguing or whatnot. So it's just like, eh, all right, it's there. But all all the platforming mm-hmm. stuff is really good. So, um. uh, and I got one last thing to talk yep. about. Um, <clears throat> this week I also bought a, an HD TV. And I'm very, very happy about that. I haven't gotten it yet because it's out of stock, just like that Bioshock, except for the fact that I bought it, um, maintained the same mm. price. It's about a $1,100 TV, bought it for 800 And it's a Samsung 40-inch, 5 millisecond refresh rate, um, and it's a 60 hertz TV still, but <clears throat> it's got um, 1080p. And quite a few HDMI ports. And uh, oh, another thing I'm waiting for in the mail. I, I bought like two HDMI wires off of 
uh, Amazon, seventy-seven cents a piece, seven dollars shipping, <laughs> but it was cheaper than anything <laughs> else that I could have gotten. So that's why I got it. Right. And it, you know, all the reviews were like, "Why the hell are you paying fifty dollars for wires?" And then it was that review. Sp- like peppered in there like oh i bought this and it didn't work it didn't i work. paid twenty dollars for monster wire and it worked please buy monster Bullshit. wire yeah. oh, and people, and if, for anyone within the sound of my voice digital cables give you signal or don't give you signal so there is no quality difference in hdmi <laughs> <laughs> so gochi yeah and just as long as you don't have like pets or kids, go cheap. Right, right. Because I, I guess what I guess what monster could hang their head on is like, oh, we have thicker sh- uh, case uh, housing for our, our, our. Yeah, we spend more money on yeah. plastic, <laughs> rubber. Um, you know, just just those pesky kids. Right. But uh, let's see. Uh, what have I been buying and playing? I already talked about what I was buying. Uh, I have been yeah. stuck in the GameSpot uh, review swamp. I after the Transformers game that I reviewed, um, let's see, the first one was this game called Tornado, which uh, I don't know if I forget if I've talked about this on the previous episodes only because it's been so long, but basically take Katamari Damacy, put it on DS, and then make it shitty, and that's Tornado, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. it, uh, it it it's the same conceit. You 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 pick up stuff. In order to pick up more stuff, and by that I mean you know how in Katamari you you pick up stuff with the ball, and as the ball gets bigger, you're able to pick up bigger stuff. So it's of got course. that kind of cumulative gameplay where like the more you do, the more you can do. Um, <clears throat> and so in this, the mo- the the conceit is that oh, there is a prince that transferred all of Earth's major countries into his dimension so that he can play with them or something stupid like that. And your job as a, a a walking, talking feline thing that can somehow spin into a tornado is to transfer all the stuff in those countries back to their places on Earth. So like skyscrapers and and farms and bushes and trees and people. And the way you transport them is you run over them with your tornado cat guy. And that's how it happens. Um, Perfect. Yeah. So the more and the more things that you pick up the larger your tornado becomes and the same thing, like the larger objects that you can pick up, except instead of being precise like Katamari where it's like, okay, you grow, you've grown to X meters, this item is X meters big, so that means you can pick it up now. Uh, this, just, mm-hmm. this just has five arbitrary levels of, of, of size or of power, as they call it, and you, it's really, you really play it by ear. Like, there, it, there is this one stage uh, that takes place in the United States, so-called, and you could when you're at level four there are five levels. When you when you're at level four, uh you can pick up tall buildings, but you can't pick up the tallest buildings. So it's just like how do I tell like where that breaking point is? Yeah, and they don't give you any kind right. of meter. Yeah, exactly. You have to just kinda of eyeball it. Like when you start out you know you can pick up people and fences, but you don't know that you can pick up small, like uh very small houses. You know? Mm-hmm. It it just doesn't make too much cognitive sense. And the worst part about it is that it's the, the camera, it's, it's from an isometric angle. It's all in 3D, but it's isometric fixed camera. It's zoomed in too close. So when you try to do shit, like, the objective is like, oh, pick up four batteries that are, that are scattered across the level. Um, it's, it's so mm-hmm. close that you can't, you can't really, um, and this is going to be the wrong word because if it's isometric, you don't really see ahead of yourself, but you can't really see ahead. 
if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. You can't see enough of the field to kind of navigate and say, okay, here's the route that I want to take. And because everything's so zoomed up in close, a lot of the things look very similar to each other, so it's easy to get lost within a level. Right, um, right. So basically it's the field of view. It's not Yeah, one more or less. And it's just, it, it's... Deep yeah. enough. And all that by itself could be tolerable, but then they throw like a very, very stingy time limit at you. Um, so it it's like, all right, here's five minutes to try to find one of your teammates. And, by the way, and they don't, the game doesn't tell you this, I just found this out by, you know, trial and error, and then by looking online to see what the hell I was supposed to do. When On the levels that demand that you find your teammate, your teammate is hidden in a random building on the level. Excellent. So it's like you could spend four minutes... Oh, and on this one level, it seems that you have to get, like, um, above a 50% clear, which means that you have to clear 50% or more of the stuff on the stage. So in order for him to actually manifest himself in one of those buildings, in order for you to find him, you have to have a 50% clear rate on that level. And it takes about... I don't know, four minutes to get to that 50% level if you're good and you know the level already. So now you have one minute to find him in a random spot that, you know, doesn't really present itself anywhere. There are no hints. There's no nothing. It's just, okay, find him. You know, so... so <laughs> Go! Yeah, so... It, huh? and, oh, furthermore, on that particular level, you have to, like, kind of um, defeat a King Kong-type monster while you're at it. So that adds on another 15 to 20 seconds of time that you have to spend doing that before you can find your friend. So it's like, it, it's got the right idea in that, like, hey, Kanamari, it's fun. But then it, like, does all this really stupid stuff to it that just brings it down. 4.5. Great. Uh, <laughs> the other thing that I played was uh, Guitar Hero On Tour Decades, which uh, I don't know if I've, we've spoken about Guitar Hero On Tour before, but... Um, the, the first one? Yeah, yeah, I was not a huge fan of it. Um I don't know what uh, you played it for a little bit, right? No, well, yeah, but no, not really. Like for five seconds. Oh, okay. I was like, I, what am I doing playing this now? <laughs> like I don't like this, but um, yeah, it's uh, my it, it's an expansion pack. That's all it is. Decades is is basically an expansion pack that has more music, and that's about it. It spans across five decades: the the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, the two thousands, and modern which to me is the 2000s, 2000s. Oh, again so i don't understand that mm -hmm. classification but whatever they'll do what they do um it's it doesn't fix anything from the old game the shit still slides out from the game boy advance port i mean <laughs> it slides out yeah like that was a, one of the biggest complaints about the first one is mm -hmm. that um is that when you while you're playing it, like it slowly kind of just wedges its way, its way out of the Game Boy Advance port, and when that happens, the game says, "Oh, you're rocking too hard. Please plug this in and restart the DS." So you have to reboot the game, um, and and that's like understandable, sort of, because like any I'm sure that anything that's plugged into the Game Boy Advance port needs to be read, um, you know, on boot up. Though though mm -hmm. it would have been nice for them to find some kind of hot swap solution. Um, but so I was like, okay, maybe for the next one they could include like a really tiny anchor bit that latches onto the um, the guitar grip and plugs into the power uh, AC adapter port so that it doesn't really slide out. Somehow they could find a way. And yes, I know that yeah. I know that the regular DS and the DS Lite are <coughs> different in form factor, but they could include two different ones. You know, just like they just like they include an adapter for the Game Boy Advance slot. Um, for the D because they they include they include two adapters 
for that. Oh, so it's too. like, all right, they, they, you know, they did, they went that far. Want to go? No, nothing like that. No anchor, no nothing. Um, the strumming was my biggest issue. Like doing alt strums, like really fast alt strums, mm-hmm. is really hit or miss. Sometimes you nail it, and sometimes it's just just does not register. Um, so I'm like, they could they have found some kind of solution to engineer in the software where the strumming is a little bit more lenient or something, or is it really a physical problem that they cannot fix? You know, and, and well, it depends on how much they care. I think right. Um, and it's just that's the biggest problem for me is a strumming, and you can't really play without strumming, obviously. And so it's just frustrating when you like when you swipe and you know you swiped and it just goes. Like nothing, not even not even the not even that. It just doesn't register. Oh, because like you completely yeah, missed the note. it just doesn't register at all. So it's just like it doesn't feel as as responsive as it, it needs to be. Um, and and the funny thing is that I actually had a better time playing with a regular stylus than that stupid thumb pick stylus. Not the mm-hmm. thumb pick, the, the the guitar pick stylus. It it, yeah. it it slips around like in your hand, and I guess if you are adept at holding a pick. Like in real life, because you're because people are guitarists in real life, like it might be better. But there's just something about it that doesn't feel like it stays in your hand, and so it's just I just use a regular stylus. Um, the music obviously is compressed, but it's like Elite Beat Agents was compressed, but not that bad. Yeah, Elite Beat Agents was re- pretty good to listen to. Like this stuff, whenever there's an S lyric, it it like that. Ah, uh, yeah, so, that's, that's bad. Um. Oh, did you see the Penny Arcade um, when they were talking about the commercial for the game? Um, no. Yeah, I was like, I think that was from just before Thanksgiving. It was hilarious. I was just like looking at Penny Arcade because I had nothing else to look uh-huh. at. Um, actually, no. This is today's. And then today's uh, yesterday's. No, not yesterday's. Friday's. Friday's Penny Arcade is about um, the commercial. And the the comic in and of itself is funny, but the commercial really kind of like makes you feel that way. The way he's talking. Oh, like, I see. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it now. Like the guys are the guys are looking at the commercial, going, "Oh, oh this shit is wrong. Oh God." Um, I haven't yeah. seen the commercial itself, so I'm I I think I will see it soon. Not within this. Yeah, it's right there on that page. <laughs> oh, okay. Um. But I won't do it within the within the context of this podcast because then you might you might nah. be going oh and then like my my internet connection will will fart and then it'll be done. Either that or you might wind up throwing yeah. up like Taisho did. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you, I mean, here's the bottom line: like if you can get it to work, it's it's solid. Like you do all the solos and it feels good when you do crazy ass shit like in um Sweet Home Alabama. Like that feels good. Um, and it's difficult. It's nice and challenging on expert. Um, and if you, you know, if if you are used to the hardware issues, like it's sliding out and stuff, and if you don't get hand cramps, which I actually didn't. A big complaint about mm. the Guitar Hero on tour games is that they get hand cramps and their forearm hurts and all that stuff, and yada, it's terrible, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, my, apparently Taisho had that problem too. My arm doesn't hurt at all. I, at all. Like, I marathoned through the game in about two or three sittings, and I didn't experience discomfort. I actually did experience discomfort more in my stylus hand because I was trying to get the thing to strum so hard. You know, <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, yep. overall, it wasn't like I, I didn't feel like my, my arm was going to break, which is a huge complaint that everyone else has. So that just goes to show how annoying the other issues are that I'm still like, eh, this game is not that, you know, not that appealing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you could deal with that stuff, like it does feel like I th- but what I've always said is that it works, but it doesn't work because okay. it, like it doesn't work in the sense that the shit slides out and like the, the strumming is annoying. But like 
it works in the sense that it, it does feel like you're playing Guitar Hero. Oh, um, yeah. IGN, I, I think Craig Harris on uh, on the original on tour review on IGN. Uh, he he made a very interesting point that I agree with. That it feels like you're playing. It doesn't feel like you're playing guitar, but it feels like you're playing guitar hero. God, you it. know what? there's that distinction there. So I mean, it's that, mm-hmm. that, that's there. Um, six And then I've been playing um, <laughs> Pokemon Ranger, the second one for DS, which I I actually enjoy it quite a Pokemon. fair amount. Yeah, it's not like collecting like the other games. Like you don't just collect a massive horde. Yeah, you have to like. Heal him or some crap, like rub on him, something like that. <laughs> I, I mean, that sounds really nasty, but <laughs> you have to rub on the him. Pokemon molester. Um, oh, it's more like a. I don't know if anybody remembers when I was playing Digimon World Championship or whatever that was called, which was complete shit. But in order to capture mm-hmm. Digimon, you drew a circle around them with the stylus. And yeah. then you, and then that was your lasso, and then you just kind of pulled in the opposite direction, which was like one of the only cool things about that game. Pokemon Ranger um, is kind of like that, and it, it, apparently now now I see where uh, Digimon stole that idea from. But Pokemon <laughs> Ranger is you you come in contact with a Pokemon and you draw a loop around them, uh, and every successive basically they have an energy meter that's empty. With each successive loop that you draw around them, it fills up a little bit, and when it's completely full, you've captured it. Um, so it's, this thing that you draw a loop around them with, it supposedly conveys your feelings of friendship to them. And so when you draw a mm -hmm. successful loop, you tell them how much of a friend they are. You know, it's, it's, it's really stupid that way, but that's Pokemon, I'm assuming. Um, I suppose. Yeah. And so, like, the tougher enemies take more loops to draw, and then sometimes they move around. So if you actually, when you're drawing the loop, you have to draw it around them. So if you actually come in contact with them, your loop breaks. So you have to draw again. Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you wait too long, like, their energy meter starts to empty again, so you can't just kind of sit there, draw one loop, wait for them to walk around and do their attacks and all that stuff, and then draw another one. You have to actually do it, like, pretty fast, and you have to kind of, um, make it so that you're, you're not leaving them alone for any, any extended period of time. Um, and most of the time it's only one of them at a time, but sometimes you get groups of them that, mm-hmm. that you can actually loop them all in the same, in the same loop, uh, if you can pull that off. Um, but yeah, like a, they 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 spit out fireballs and do all these attacks that break your loop. And if your loop gets broken, you lose your your loop creating device, which is called a styler. Which is co- what a coincidence! It sounds like stylus. Stylus, yeah. yeah. It it you your styler loses hit points. So like if if you keep on drawing loops and they keep on like hitting them with their attacks, then you lose and game over. Um, Boom. Yeah, it sounds stupid, but it's actually fun when you when when you start doing it because. It, I, I always felt like it was kind of like, um, and this is going to sound really lame, but it reminded me sort of of the sensation I get from either Gears of War or Punch-Out, in that hmm. you, you, you kind of wait for your opening, and you just go at it as fast as you can, and then and then stop. Okay. So, like in, like in Gears, when, when, they, uh, when they pop their head out and they're reloading, like you, you empty as much as you can into them, and then like when they start firing, you have to like duck back down. Right. Um, or in Punch-Out, when like, you have to wait for them to make a punch, and then right after that, right after like they do an uppercut, you have to punch as fast as possible to get as many hits in as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's kind of like that, not the gameplay mechanics, but just the sensation of like, wait, go, 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 go. Okay, stop, 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 stop. Um, and it, and the later enemies, it gets kind of exciting because they have all these different attacks, and sometimes like they're really hard to catch, and so you have to like, there's this bee that basically flies off the screen, 
mm-hmm. and like comes out the other side and like is just really really hard to catch and he stops for like a split second and that's when you hit him with the loop. Um, but other than that, it, like it's 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 a fairly standard adventure game. Like you're just walking around doing quests and stuff. It's it, it it's it's decent. It's pretty good. And I'm surprised because like I normally don't like these types of games. But um, uh, I played the Digimon one and I tried to you know kind of get into the get into the perspective of a Digimon fan and I determined that even then it sucked. So, <laughs> but this one is you know this one is good. Like I don't like children's games and I played Transformers DS and that was fun. So this yeah. this was another challenge for me. It was, uh, yes. Uh, one last thing though is I've heard that um, if you've played the first game, you basically basically played this game. Yeah, it's basically like how they all go. Right. It's like if you played the first one, you played them all. But um, you know, there's just different things in it that make you want to play it for its individuality. It depends. Yeah. So I mean, there you go. That's what I've been playing. Um, and let us move on to the contest. We are at our main uh, topic, which will be what we choose as a winner. So I'm going to read off our entries. And, and for anybody who, who has already listened to 113B, uh, I, believe, um, I believe you've heard this already. But just to, to recap, Digimatrix says, Will we ever see video games provide us with an emotional response the same as we have with films? If so, is it helped by leaps in technology and motion capture? What department is more important, graphics or animation? And is striving to be near the uncanny valley, mimicking humanistic body language and facial expressions a step forward or a detriment for this medium? Do we have to acknowledge that video games are still a bunch of computer pixels and can never come close to the power of real humans in live-action films? I think I made this uh, clarification before, but I'm just going to make it again. I think he means is striving to overcome the uncanny valley because you don't want to ever come close to the uncanny valley. That's the place that you want to go away from and over and surpass. Right. So so I think that's what he meant there. Um, Kelly May, whose whose alias is pissed off fro- red fro- red dog. Um, <laughs> uh, it's Kelly May from Gamespot. I want swag, so I decided I would offer a new topic. Talk about the responsibility of parents of gamers. I know it sounds kind of stupid, but I'm a gamer. I'm a parent, and I think I have some real responsibility towards my son as far as his gaming experience goes. I'm really tired of someone flipping out and the Jack Thompsons of the world placing the blame anywhere but squarely on where it belongs. If you want to blame the game then logic dictates that you must blame the parent for letting them have the game. So that's her topic. Um, it's kind of unique in that it's coming from a parent. Miss mm-hmm. um, Cortana says, talk about the accessibility of consoles and or accessories to individuals that have disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, I think Agas forgot to mark one of these as a topic, but he meant to send in one last topic even though he won the Dragon Punch uh, energy drink, which I said to everyone else that he still qualifies because he was the only one who wrote in, in the first place. About the, um, what was it, the highlight... <laughs> So, oh, oh, yeah, the highlight thing. Yeah. So, the topic is, to what extent do the economic woes of the country affect the game industry? I read somewhere that the industry is recession-proof. Is this a proper conclusion? Um, so, those are our f- one, two, three, four topic entries, uh, which, again, means that everybody actually can qualify to win a prize. It's just a matter of who gets dibs. Mm-hmm. So... Um, should we start debating this now, or should we sleep on it for a while while we actually actually answer a mailbag question? Um, 
Uh, let's answer that mailbag question first and then get back to this. Okay, so Supersonic again sends in a mailbag question, and it's, should the score at the end of your review represent your perception of the game or an objective point of view? Which is a very interesting question given what we were discussing last week yep. about, you know, objectivity and reviews. <clears throat> um, I want to clarify something that I said. Like, I think I may have uh, uh, used... me. Tony and I may have, like, kind of... Use the word ob- objective. I think he was using it in the right way, but I, I kind of uh, warped it in the wrong way uh, just because okay. I talk too fast. But I think <laughs> when he said what I want is for an, a review to be objective, and I agree with that in some sense, and I said that there should be objectivity and subjectivity mixed. Um, and I said that um, it's. I said that there should be some kind of like interpretive things there, like. Like, okay, I'm playing a Pokemon game. I have to put my shell, myself in the shoes of someone who is part of the Pokemon audience. Right, um, to see if, you know, somebody who is a rabid fan of, the, of that series would truly right. enjoy the game. Right. And we both kind of insinuated that that was the opposite of what objective is. And I think that's mm-hmm. wrong. I think that's exactly what objective is. Yeah, see, um, I guess objectivity in, in that sense would be I'm talking about the being putting yourself in the shoes of a Pokemon fan being wrong. Um that's kind of like objective is treat every game the same on the exact same pedestal, like the exact same okay, standards. Right. But you don't <clears throat> you don't want to do that because not every game is made for the same kind of person. Right. So yes, objectivity would be in this case, like in, I guess you could say in a warped way, gener- generally, putting yourself into a subjective point of view. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's because it's because when like reviews are in the, are are in question, that it's a review is kind of like an essay or an argument or a the- or a thesis or something because you're you're making a point and you're you're backing it up, mm-hmm. and so to you know to objectively make a point, it's like okay, you 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 have to free yourself of the biases that you hold in order to make a point. And in order to make the correct point about a Pokemon game, I have to free myself of the biases of this is not my type of game. I really don't usually do this, you know. So that in that sense, it's kind of objective. And so mm-hmm. I just wanted to clear that part up. But yeah, and um, also you know yeah. sometimes grown folk do play these games that are meant for kids, and <clears throat> they they do need to know where it's where the sentiments are coming from from people who are fans of the series, so it's like, you know, there's people who will go on these review sites, uh, very rarely, I suppose, people who don't normally visit, mm-hmm. and they'll go and um, look at things because, oh, their, their kids want this, their kids want that, and, you know, they, they want to get the info on the games. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the people who play the games, and uh, they go on the review site, and, you know, sometimes, you know, a game will be made for kids, and it'll be good as a diversion, and it'll be worth the money, you know, the cost of entry. But reviews will completely pan on it because it's not up to the expectations, or there's certain flaws and certain broken things that you know a game of a higher caliber would certainly be hit for. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So you know that kind of skews the point of view, and it may make somebody who really would buy the game kind of feel differently just because of the wording used. It's like, okay, well, this game, yeah, it it just doesn't feel balanced or whatever. Um, but the person's not really looking for balance because that kind of game... Uh, I'm talking about, like, positive balance, I should say. Like, oh, it's too easy. 
uh-huh. you know. Uh, somebody says, oh, this game is too easy, such and such and such. But what if I'm looking for an easy game? Mm. Oh, this game is too short. And, you know, you're saying it in a negative way. Well, what if I'm looking for a short game? Mm-hmm. So those kinds of things, um, they kind of get in the way when you're being completely objective to right. some people. Right, right. So then the answer to his question about scores, um, uh, what, scores. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on this then? Uh, well, scores. <laughs> scores are the devil. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> scores, I guess, should represent, it should represent your perception of the game, mm-hmm. but they should not be closed-minded. They should be something that anyone can adapt to. Like, if you say a game is a 6.0... Now, here's the thing. Actually, as a matter of fact, I'm going to go back for a second. Mm-hmm. And this is what I truly, truly, truly feel whenever I read a review that has a low score. I think that a point score at the end of the review should sometimes go at the beginning of the review, which is usually, like, on games, GameSpot. Mm-hmm. It just... You know, that's the first thing you see, the score. Mm, mm-hmm. um, I think that the score should be the lead into your review. Because you rate a game of 4.5. There are two things that are going to happen with a reader. One person is going to say, oh, that game sucks, and just go. Mm. It's the next game. Second game is going to say, why the hell is this game of 4.5? And read the review. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. Like, I'll look at a game like Last Remnant. And Last Remnant, the game I gave a 5. And uh, one up gave like a C minus or C plus. They gave it a D. A, oh no, yeah, some it, it was some somebody else that gave it a C plus. Yeah. Um, and you know I'm looking at all these reviews, and <clears throat> I I it gets me to think, well, why in the hell you know this game has I haven't played it yet, but this game looks like it's got a lot of promise. Why is it a 5.0? Right, and then I read the review, and then I see, you know, what this person had problems with, and these these other people had problems with, and they are all kind of common. So I'm like, okay, well, I completely understand where that's coming from, and I can bypass that, mm-hmm. you know. And if I didn't buy a game, well, I might find something. And this is what I used to do back when I was shopping <clears throat> for games, just games that I didn't even know, like eight years ago. I'd be right. Like, okay, I want a game, or Rob will want a game, and we'll go in GameSpot and look at reviews and see only what's wrong with it. Forget what's good about it. Just look at what's wrong with it. And based on what was wrong with the game, it would give us our decision on whether to buy it or not. Because if you can put up with the bad, you're already going to enjoy the good. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So I think that the point score at the end, at the end or the beginning of the review should kind of be the window. It should be <clears throat> not uh, just your perception of the game or an objective point of view. It should kind of be a small combination of both mm-hmm. used as a window into the review to make people who are intrigued by the aspects of a game more interested in reading your review. Because there can be a game, of course, on the flip side that gets like a 9.5. You're like, why the fuck is this game a 9.5? Right. Right. And you go and read it. You know, it's like Gears of War 2. Gears of War 2 got like 9 or 9.5. Or, or who knows? Right. But. You, you go into it and you say, what was so good about this game? That gives it 9.5. And of course, there's other purposes. Yes, 9.5. I justify my purchase. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, um, everybody wants a game that has a big number tacked onto it. It's yeah. like e EP. <laughs> Channeling Sean Elliott. Um, 
But yeah, I uh, the way I've always rep- approached it is um, I write, and then based on what I've written, um, based on what I've written, what uh, I keep on starting the sentence over. I should say, <laughs> what I've written generally gives you a, a, a an overall feel of how good the game is, um, which is what a review is supposed to do, and then based on that, that's a score. Um, right. So the score at at the end or beginning of the review literally, literally just represents the text. And as it represents the text, like Al, I'll have to say that it's, it's, a, it's a combination of the reviewer's perception plus the objective facts of the game. So right. I'm looking at the Last and Remnant review on GameSpot, and it's, actually it's a 6.5, not a 5. But, oh. Um, wait, yeah. 6.5 was fair? Yeah. Suddenly there was another game that I read that I was like, why does this game get a 5? Let me, I'll see. It was a game that I bought or something. So keep going. Populous DS? Nah, I didn't okay. buy that. I was just saying. Even All though right. I like Populous and right. would always love to do it, but keep going. Right. But so, like, yeah, I mean, his, um, uh, I think it's, it's, it might have been Van Ord who reviewed it. Um, he says that, um, it, most, most of the problems are technical. Uh, and mm-hmm. underneath the technical problems is this really interesting game. Um, but the technical problems are so bad that you might, you know, not be able to get into it. And so, a random person might put the game in, see the frame rate problems in the in the game from like the get go, because everybody says that's like one of the first things you see, and give it a three, mm-hmm. and that would be you know there that that would be all that matters to them because because like I can't stand this, I just cannot deal with this. There may be something underneath there, but I just can't deal with it. Right. Or another person might go, okay, these graphics are kind of busted, but wow, this is really interesting. Like screw the graphics, like I can handle it. This is great, and give it a nine. So it's like. Kevin's job there was to say like all right look I mean there's something th- there is something appealing about this um to write it up like from cuz he's writing for an audience he's not just writing for himself he's writing for people who might who might take interest in this game and there's some people in that audience that might look past the flaws and there's some people who might not so he can't give it a 9 or he can't give it a 3 you know mm-hmm. he has to give his own his own viewpoint on it but he also has to say all right look um regardless of you know whether I threw up when I saw the frame rate dip that first time, like, like I have to recognize that there is stuff here that will interest people. Um, or on the flip side, regardless of how interesting this game is, I have to recognize that some people just will not be able to tolerate this frame rate. And so I'm not, I'm, and I'm not proposing that. Oh, he should take an average of nine and three and divide it by, you know, which is <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. Multiply by two point five, yeah. which is the coefficient for GameSpot. Yeah, I just threw those numbers out there, the three and nine. I just threw them out there, but it's like, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you 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 take some of one and some of another. Uh, you, you, a little com- column A, a little column B, and that's. You know, like I said, the score represents the text, which is already an amalgamation of subjective and objective. So, yeah, I, I guess it's kind of both. Um, and that's it. <laughs> that's all I have to say yeah. about that. You, you know what? I, I'm just looking for this score that I was talking about. I completely forgot that I bought the Quark DS10. So that's 11 items, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I bought something else with that, but I can't remember. Holy crap. That's, uh, <laughs> Wait, look at my email. <laughs> that's a lot of buy in there, buddy. Yeah, man, I got the freaking Korg DS10 for like twenty five dollars. Um, Shit! Oh, Resident Evil Four for the Wii, yes, for ten bucks. Jeez, that's yes, twelve. That's twelve games. Oh my god! All right, well, Supersonic, we've answered your question. Hopefully, that was a satisfactory answer. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break and then be right back with the mailbag topic. I, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> 
<laughs> you might be doing that for for a, for a minute or two, just so you know. Oh no, now it's commercials. We are back from the break, and uh, we are back looking at these topic questions and deciding on which one wins the big prize, which we don't know yet because none of you have told us what you want, but okay. Um, so, let's see. The, the, the guidelines were it has to be as new as possible, meaning that we haven't talked about it before, um, and it has to be something really discussion-worthy. I think all of these are discussion-worthy, uh, so I guess the first thing we can look at is which one is the which one contains the least amount of stuff that we've actually talked about before because like we've covered everything in here to some extent mm-hmm. but not like um not like extensively you know what i mean right i, I don't think but we these are discussed st- miss cortana's um topic never thought about that which is why i think that's such a good question Disabilities. Okay, so there's one mark for that one. Uh, Cortana is in the running. Is actually, I should say, in the lead. Um, it looks like Supersonic. Uh, we haven't really talked about Supersonic's topic either. True, that is true. So that's uh, this whole recession thing is kind of new in terms of just our list of topics and yeah. things that we decided to talk about. So that's a that's another plus. Is there anything that we could do for Digimatrixes or Kelly Mae's topics to bring them up to to to, to tie them? Because they are good topics. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that, uh, you know, if any of us had kids, it would be a much better conversation because then we would have, you know, kind of firsthand accounts and just eyewitness type of experience like mm-hmm. i can really only go on third party stuff like, i don't even have any children like in my family who are old enough yet mm-hmm. like my my little cousin she's six and she's kind of playing games like i think I, I look at my uncle's xbox live account and i see the shrek the third is on there. <laughs> like he's not playing shrek the third right and evelyn's like why not and so look at his games list football shooting football football shooting Basketball, right? Shooting, Shrek. Come on, <laughs> Shrek. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I guess she's playing games now, but I haven't started buying her games. Mm, okay. So I don't really have any like firsthand experience of, you know, you got a kid, you how to expose them to games and whatnot, which would be something that I'll have to do soon. I'm sure. Um, provided that games are still alive and kicking like 10 15 years down the line because obviously you know you're not going to be giving your baby infant baby freaking ds game unless you're going to take a picture of them holding it right um now with digimatrix um i could have sworn we talked about this or maybe we just discussed the topic uh, on the last podcast just like loosely uh 
Yeah, I. Uh, well, I don't think the the specific um, the specific emotionality is um, is is something that we've really talked about. The, the, but there are elements of just the kind of um, uh, validity of games versus other mediums that we have talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think the specific emotional. Like I said, like all these guys, all these guys have something that's new. It's just that the other two are newer. If that makes right. any sense. I think that Deji's topic is very deep and can really warrant a long conversation. Um, just because of the fact that there are many elements to his topic that we can really discuss for length. Right. Um, like I could definitely see us having an hour, hour and a half conversation just discussing um, the potential of video games as a media to really capture and um, you know captivate as well you know people mm-hmm. and just is from a graphical and uh, graphical point of view, a writing point of view, and a musical point of view. He didn't even bring up music or writing, but um, from a graphical technology point of view, there's still a lot to talk about, mm-hmm. especially if you want to even bring up games that don't have this technology that can still kind of bring it out, uh, regardless of, not regardless of script, but like even with certain graphical limitations, there's still games that are captivating um, and they elicit an emotion, emotional response. Mm-hmm. This sucks. Why aren't there any shitty topics that we can make fun of? Because these people have brains, brains. I want the brains. Um. Okay, so let's see. There's that going for Digi. Um. So what? What? What is it looking like to you right now? What, what's? What's still? Uh, are the other two still in the running? The what? The one from Digi and the one from Kelly May. Uh, the one. I thought. I thought. I thought. Um, Cortana and 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 uh, Supersonics were at the top, and then Digi and Kelly right. Were, that's were running. That's why I was like still right. in the running. Right. I didn't know which ones you were talking. Oh, I'm about. sorry. I meant I, they're all still in the running, but I, I should. I, I meant to say the ones that. Um, are there any? I forgot what I was gonna ask. <laughs> <laughs> what are your feelings now? <laughs> like, have, I thought you, you asked me for my feelings. Okay. Yeah, so what are your feelings on the one, the two that we that we are trying to bring up to the top with the other two? Or are the other two still ahead? The other two are still ahead. Still I, ahead. I think that we're going to have a, a nice uh, you know, conversation about a race between Supersonics and Miss Cortana's. Okay. And um, the fight for third is between Kelly May and Digi. And I kind of have a feeling... On what the 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 list of topics in order of win to not so win is in my head. Win to not so win. <laughs> win not so win. Oh. Um, oh oh wait. Um, just as a quick aside. I'm yeah. A, um, I'm shameless plug here too. But did you happen to see the Dragon Force videos on my uh, blog? I have not yet. Uh, I okay. haven't been at my computer for. I I forgot to mention. That um, there's a video game reference. It's just I think there's two video game references in that concert. I think at the end I can't quite put my finger on it, but at the end of the concert they have this like video game theme, and it's sounds like the ending theme of some game. 
mm-hmm. but I can't put my finger on what game it could be. So when you check out the through th- th- yeah, when you check <laughs> out the through the the through the say that five the times through the <laughs> the through the fire and flames video, which is I think the last one. At the end of that, which is like eight minutes long, um, the band goes on stage and whatnot, and they play this little theme song. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, also, at the end of the solo that I was telling you about between the keyboardist and the bassist player who's playing guitar, mm-hmm. um, they play like all this crazy shit. Like basically, I think the um, the the keyboard player had a, a sequence going on. Couldn't get the word. And they're dueling each other. And after they duel each other, I think they do like a, a harmony, a layered harmony between each other. And at the end of that, you hear, it's a me, Mario. Oh, God. And then they go to the next song. What? I was That's like, random. what the hell? That was completely random. But um, I thought about that. <laughs> and it was funny. Um, so back to the topic at hand. Let's see. I feel that there is a list of these things that will be win that's a win <laughs> uh let's see let's see it's tough uh and, and just to qualify this we are putting out of our minds the fact that supersonic already won the dragon punch drink because as i said before that was a separate contest technically so mm-hmm. um let's see the accessibility of consoles or accessories that have in- to individuals that have disabilities or the economic woes see i um how much have you interacted with, um, with or or seen anybody with um with a disability play a video game? Um, firsthand, no, I have. I mean, I, I mean, physical disabilities. Uh, I know people who have certain you know mental disabilities, and they play video games just fine. Well, to a point. Um, I can discuss that, but I have a third party kind of knowledge of people who have physical disabilities, like those people who construct controllers to play with their feet mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so I think that there is meat in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Not as much meat as the economic one because that one is just so in our face. Okay. Right. And that's that also is a part of the reason why I have my list. In the because, face. In the face. Yes, in the face. In the face. Hmm. So okay. So it sounds like you're hiding your list from me up until we're ready to ready to to spit it out. I think you're ready yeah. to spit out your list. What's your list? Um. Well, my list at the moment of win not so win. It's gonna put Miss Cortana up on top mm-hmm. and have Supersonic at second. Um. And I would put Digi on third and Kelly May as a very very respectable fourth. Very close fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, again, because everybody had great topics, um, there's no shame in winning the uh, the dog tags. That's right. As opposed to the soap. you have dog tags and other people don't. Yeah, exactly. There's also the New York Parker. Don't forget, there's also other shit. You know what? While we're at it, before we actually... Uh, before I go down my list, let me um, let me win the pri- uh, read the prizes again. Let me win the prizes again. All right. That sounds great. Okay, so... I like winning. Okay. The swag is... A black and white T-shirt, large. Uh, it's a silk screen of Guile getting electrocuted, so it's a black and white T. Um, and the electrocution is just like you see on Street Fighter with the skeleton and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. 
There's also Street Fighter Soap. It is pink soap with the Street Fighter logo embossed on the surface of the soap. So after you use it a couple of times, it kind of goes away, but still. There is a pair of dog tags. Black, or is it just one? I forget. It's black and white dog tag. It has the same image of God getting electrocuted. Uh, there's a Street Fighter 4 headband. Uh, there's a poster for the Street Fighter Club event that we had attended. Uh, there is a Newegg parka, circa 2007, from Digital Life. There's a, a large T-shirt, which is a black and color print with uh, some Windows Vista promotional print from Digital Life 2007. Um, I doubt anybody kind of wants that, but it's swag, so there it is. Uh, and then there is a uh, a box of a full deck of Windows Vista playing cards. And as nerdy as it is to have Windows Vista on the back of your playing cards, it actually is a cool design. So it's the it's the start bubble, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, in fact. Even if you were an idiot and, and submitted a really stupid topic, you still would have had a pile to choose from. Though, I, I question whether or not I would have actually let you choose from the pile if your topic really sucked. Um, <laughs> but it's too late now anyways. Uh, you failed in the face of Digi, Kelly May, Cortana, and Supersonic, so you guys suck and they don't. Um, let's see. So I... See, I'm having a tough time. It's it's definitely between Cortana and, and Supersonic, but I'm having a really tough time between the two. Um, uh-huh. And I'm also having a tough time determining whether Kelly Mays or Digi's comes out on top for for the third place because I mean, like, the, I think there's a there's a, a not a clear but like a pretty uh, discernible divide between the top two and the bottom two. Like, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's it's going to be between Cortana and Supersonic at the top. I just don't know. If you make a great point that the economic thing is right in our face and it's like an issue that's happening right now, um, but the disabilities one is just so like kind of – I don't want to say unexpected, mm-hmm. but it's just like – it is kind of unexpected. It's different. It's something that oh, – yeah. yeah. Um, the thing that uh, – let's see. This is the thought process, and yes, we decided to we decided to have the thought process here instead of just giving you the winners because we thought that would make for a more interesting cast. Uh, the thought process I'm going through is that I think I I might have a little more to talk about in the economic woes thing. Um, I am not quite sure what to say about the disabilities one. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a balance between what do I have to say more about as opposed to what's kind of more more refreshing right and to that end i you know what i'm just gonna cop out i'll do this um (laughs) my friend the coin all right george washington says uh something and george washington let's see i'll make heads um i guess i'll make heads supersonics and tails on miss cortanas i don't know why this is arbitrary but let the coin decide let's see ah damn it let the coin fall. It's going to be two out of three. So what did I say heads was? Uh, supersonic. Right? Uh, supersonic. Heads of supersonic. And we have one for Hopefully tails. not wrong. We have one for tails. Okay, so one that's for one tails. Uh, flip number two. Drama. One for heads. Uh, <laughs> my, and oh. Bear in mind, this is only for my decision, not for the final one, because you still have your vote for uh, Cortana's. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if your vote ends up being Cortana, then that we have made our right, right. That, that, that yeah, that's true. So, uh, heads, we are at an impasse. Excellent. And now we're gonna sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think. Oh, lovely. 
I think we should play an online game of poker to see who wins. <laughs> if that was possible. Oh, we could play Word Racer. What, what's what's that? Word Racer? Remember that? Yeah, but where is on it? On Yahoo? Oh, it's on I Yahoo? Don't I don't think Yahoo has games anymore, do they? Oh, maybe not. But they do. But I think you need to like download something. Oh, shit, fuck. Um, no, actually, let's see. Uh, why am I getting it? Literati. Oh, the Scrabble thing. Yeah, I didn't mean Word Racer. Even though they probably do have That's going to take a long time. But yeah, let's, I know. How should we resolve this? How do we resolve this? We've got one for Supersonic and one for Cortana. Um, let me do a fourth coin flip. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> let's see. We could do it like this. We can have a tie for first and a tie for second. <laughs> <laughs> And 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 basically, what we'll do is we'll have an email race. Email and, race. Yeah. So basically, what will happen is once we ship out the podcast and everybody listens to it, the first person who's tied for first who sends an email with what they want gets what they want. Actually, uh, let me let me take a look at my inbox. Um, Supersonic ninety seven. Um, so he uh, he says actually. If I win that second prize, can I instead opt for Tony to do as much of his entire episode in his Jack Thomas voice as humanly possible? So it sounds like he doesn't even want a swag. He wants uh, Tony to read, to to, to do an episode in that voice. Hmm. So so it sounds like regardless of whether or not Supersonic wins, he doesn't really win because he wanted something else because Tony's not here. Oh, he could do it next episode. Tony could do it next episode. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. We could make that a winning, uh, what you call it, call it, call it? A, a default? A winning, what you call it, call it, call it? I have no idea what that means, but I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for it. I don't know what that means either. That's why I said it twice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Um, all right, so now here's the question. Uh, it looks like Cortana wins the, the, the dibs on the swag since... Supersonic doesn't want swag, but there's still the question of what do we talk about? <laughs> um, we could talk about them both. Oh, do we have time we and have power an, for that? We, can, we have an intro. We can make the, uh, the the disabilities one short, and then we can discuss at length the economy. Okay. Because everyone's talking about the economy these days. Disabilities, go! Oh, wait, we're no. talking about it now? I don't know. <laughs> I was I, I was saying we were gonna do one one topic today. We were gonna talk about the winning topic today. But I didn't think that the, the thought process would take this long. Oh, see, I thought that um we were gonna choose the winning topic today, right? And then since you know old tone isn't here, uh, we would do the other what you call it and stuff. You know what? Let's do that. Let's uh let's let's save the actual discussions for next week. We have our winner, um, and I think uh. Who's that second? That's a good question. Uh, who gets <laughs> second? Shit for brains. Um, poopy brains. Poopy brains. Um, I. You know what? Who gets second? Uh, will be. Uh, oh God! Now that we now we have to spend five minutes on this. Okay, let's 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 do our due diligence. All right. So second, uh, it's between Kelly May and Digimatrix. Uh. I think we both determined that there was a lot to talk about for Digis, right? Did we say that um, how 
Which one is more unique in your mind? Um, unique? Or, or just newer? Or I, I would say that Digis is more new -y. Is more new -y. Okay. Yeah, more new -y. Okay. And is there anything to bring uh, Kelly Mays back up to that standing, or is is Digi leaving her in the dust, which sucks for her? Um, I I think that I I think. Uh... I will say this. I will say this. <laughs> I think I like Kelly Mays' energy the most because she ends off her message with, "Anywhere there you go. I sent an idea. Now give me my stuff." <laughs> so, <laughs> gotta love the enthusiasm. Um. Which, of course, you know, she's still entitled to stuff. Um, I think that, honestly, we don't have much of a, an experience to discuss that at length. As much as we can discuss Digimatrix topic. Right. That's basically what I'm saying. Okay. So, it looks like uh, Cortana gets first dibs. Digi gets second dibs, and uh, Kelly me in a very, 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 very close third dibs, uh, which is fine because Supersonic wants a voice, and he will get a voice. Um, and like I said, I mean, actually, the top three, um, the top three are still pretty, pretty decently close to each other. I mean, there's a shirt, there's a soap, and there's a dog tag, um, mm -hmm. and there's still a parka, which is not Street Fighter related, but it's there. <laughs> so it's it's not like anyone's getting the the lame poster. It, it is kind of lame. It's just like it's just like Street Fighter Club October, whatever it was, and that's all it is. Yeah, um, but it is uh, it, they're pretty evenly distributed. So 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 it's it's fine. Um, I I hopefully hopefully you guys don't uh don't fight over which prizes. Hopefully you all wanted different things in the first place. Um, but if not, well, uh, I don't live over there. You guys do. You guys fight it out. Um. <laughs> All right, so are we? Do, do you want to dive into uh, disability topics since it seems to be the shorter of the two, or should we just save it all for next week? Um, I think Tony might have a um, something to say about the disability topic too. Why? Why? Um, why you gotta say that? <laughs> well, I'm kidding. He's a person, <laughs> and he's got opinions and possibly experience with disabilities. Yeah. Odd yeah. disability, like like a missing head. Yeah, something. like a missing head or something. Or something. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? It's it's not even ninety minutes yet, so I'm going to find a random news topic to throw. Ah ah, here's one. Let's see. Let's see. I just I just, I was just stalking oneup.com, and on the news section, here's a headline that rears its ugly head again. GameStop CEO defends game resale market. Dan DiMatteo, oh, yeah. Dan DiMatteo points to study saying games hold a residual value of 20 bucks. Huh. Kyle Stalock for 1UP News writes, In these tough economic times, buying used games and trading in old titles for store credit or cash have become common methods of saving a few hard-earned bucks. Speaking to Gamasutra, GameStop CEO Dan DiMatteo says, Limiting these options creates, quote, a bone of contention with the consumer, end quote, adding that each consumer believes a game purchase holds a residual value of 20 bucks. A figure revealed in a study conducted for a book on Micromania, a French video game retailer, recently acquired by GameStop. DiMatteo was also quick to note that although they may not profit from it directly, the used game market supports video game publishers as well as a consumers, which is supposed to be spelled consumers, but he flipped the O and the C. 
Quote, we will give out approximately $800 million in store credit this year. Trading credits that will go towards the purchase of new games. Give out? Huh. <laughs> the consumer oftentimes, and especially now, needs that residual value from those games as a trade-in to be able to afford a new video game. Uh, and then the news writer says, even though I'm a strong proponent of digital distribution and find it terribly unfortunate that publishers and developers, developers claim to be so negatively affected by the resale market, I must admit that DiMatteo has made a strong defense for the company's business model. If the resale market begins facing roadblocks, would you be upset? Huh. Well, I've always like railed against GameStop, but it's because of how they conduct their used shit, not the fact that they do used shit. Yeah, I, I think that... I remember reading something about uh, Dimteo trying to like bring people, uh, you know, those the haters, I should say, yeah, <laughs> the game industry, um, the them, entire industry, <laughs> yeah, the entire industry, uh, to terms with GameStop and how it's not bad for the industry that GameStop ex- exists. And yeah, I remember that. It was it was it was something like uh, something like he's not scared of digital distribution because, and then he started railing off and he was like, oh, digital distribution it doesn't benefit the publishers. Yeah, we we something crazy like that. Go ahead. Yeah, it's actually um, he he put something up really recently uh, about like there were certain things that the industry said and he had an answer and his answer never really answered the complaint. It would always <laughs> talk about how. Um, Whenever people buy stuff or whatever in GameStop, publishers do see some kind of money from it. And I, I just was like, this is so annoying. That's not the freaking problem. Right. And I, at least in my point of view, it's not the problem. But I think my point of view is kind of what's really going on. So what he was saying was basically, I'm paraphrasing heavily, um, and game industry says that use games um, – they no people buy used games <laughs> of a game on its release date. And I'm like, how is that even possible? People buy used games of a game on its release date. Yeah, how, how is that possible? How? I, I don't that's, understand that's, that. He he claims that publishers are complaining that people are taking money away from them because they're buying used games on their release date. I think that he probably meant near their release date, like. A week after the release, right? Yeah, which is yeah. a valid complaint. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But now, what he says is, uh, as his answer to that, um, certain number percent of people who buy games buy them new, and then they trade them in to get other new games. So you guys are getting your money because they're buying new games with this used game trade-in value. Wrong. And I'm like. That's not the point. The point is not the fact that people are trading in games to get new games. The f- fact of the matter is that someone else can get in that get that traded game and not right. give the publisher money. Exactly. And there there are people who are buying used games of games that can still generate a profit, right. but they're not generating a profit because they're used. Right. So if there wasn't a used video game like for relatively new games for games i think that there should be like a used game industry or market for games that are out of print right and that way you're actually getting used games you know that publishers can't make a profit off of because they're not selling it right right and that way there's no conflict and 
you won't get into the situation where people are buying games, uh, they play it for like a week, they get tired of it, and they send it back to GameStop, and they get like $20 for it, and then somebody else buys it for $54.99, and that whole $54, well, the $34.99 out of that goes in GameStop's pockets, and um, the publisher doesn't see any of that money, and, you know, maybe, nah, I doubt it. So, I was going to say maybe they'll drive prices down, but no. Um... You know, publishers would be able to make more profit because there'd be more people actually buying the product, uh, more sell-through rates, I think. And then for games like Contra Shadow Soldier, Mm. you can have that game available used, yeah, because Konami only made X amount of copies, and by the time certain people like me were, you know, owned a PS2, that game wasn't even sold anymore. Right, right. And so the only way I can get that is used, and um, I'm not getting it from GameStop because they're going to charge me, like, $25 for it. Right. <laughs> but, you know, we're not even going to talk about that. But it, it was funny. It was things like that. Like, people were like, uh, you know, Dimitale was like, uh, the publishers are complaining that um, the people buy used games... When they could buy new games, mm-hmm. you know that exact same new game, they they don't they don't buy the new game. They would rather get it used because it costs less. And then Dimitero's like, yeah, they might cost less, but think about the people who gave that game to us, and how they're using that money to buy new games from you. Yeah, that's- you know that that was always what he was he was misdirecting it. He was like, okay, yeah, whatever your question is, these people <laughs> are trading in the games to buy new games. Yeah, see, so, I I have so. a, a thing like I've always championed the ability to like like I was saying before, it's not about the fact that there are used games. It's just the fact that how GameStop handles it that just kind of annoys me. It's like I I think you know as consumers we have the right to you know well. Unless the law says otherwise, but I don't think it does. You know, we have the right to a second-hand market, second-hand cars, second-hand clothing, second-hand movies and music. You know, mm-hmm. it's and it's like I think uh, Ryan Davis on the Giant Bombcast pretty much said like, why can't this industry kind of have like its own used market, like the auto industry that doesn't destroy the primary market? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, that's a good question. Why can't we have it without like, and and the whole like used DVDs thing is because there's there's there are movies and theaters first and foremost, and yeah. with with the with the games it's it's already directly to the consumer, but um yeah I mean I think I think we should have a right to choose if if we are on a budget and we're willing to take on the risk of 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 buying a product that's been already used, and we should be able to. Um, the, the yeah, see the only thing that I think is different because uh. In in this article that, that actually I just pulled up from Kotaku, mm-hmm. um, somebody wrote as a comment, uh, you know, I could probably because it was on the first page. Nope, not that. Nope. Wait. Yep. Um, wait. Nope. Hold on. Holding. Um, here it is. Hey, it's only fair. I mean, if you buy a house, you have to pay the guy who built it 50 years ago. And if you buy a used car, you have to give money to Ford or Chevy or whomever, right? Oh, wait, that's not how it works. My bad, here I thought that's what the game develop. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> My bad, here I thought that the game developers were getting mistreated. But houses and cars are different. Yeah. Because a car is made up of moving parts that will eventually fail. 
and a game isn't made of moving parts. A uh, console is, but that's the you know that would be sort of similar to buying a used car. But buying a disc that you know twenty years from now is going to oxidize. But <laughs> well, I don't I don't know about um uh, DVDs, but I know our our Dreamcast games are going to fucking explode in like two thousand twenty five. Even if we keep um, them in our cases. I think so. That's gay. Uh, that they sucks. have to be like wrapped, so everybody's gonna be buying like saran wrap and shit. But anyway, um, hopefully by then, maybe someone will pay attention and they'll give us like a, a Dreamcast market online digital. Right. Yes. Anyway, um, I think that video games in themselves, as discs and carts, are completely different than cars and houses. You know. Do uh, you make a good point about the moving parts? But there's still scratches. There's still people who mistreat their carts. I mean, right? And those things, honestly, should not be sold in the first place. Right. But who knows? I mean, it, things that are like badly. Yeah, there are games that uh, may have some cosmetic issues. Maybe some games that don't have cases. Some games that don't have instructions. Some games that might have a fat sticker on the disc. Suco so N three fucking GameStop. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, there there are certain games that have these little, you know, nicks. And I think that if it does not take away from the content that's on the disc or on the cart, then it might as well be new. If you just, you know, it's, it's a human thing. You have to put it aside, you know, aside from yourself that, yes, yeah, somebody else played this game before me, but technically, like, I feel like yeah, my Contra Shadow Soldier has a, a couple of scratches here and there, but it's technically I got this game new for ten dollars. Right. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, you know, I can get a car and it'll be, you know, a couple years old, but it might have a fat ass oil leak that I gotta put seventeen hundred dollars into after. And that's not good. You you're never gonna buy a game and then put more money into actually being able to play the game. Right. Which is always the case. Well, not always, but mostly the case with a house and a car. Um, but I mean, these are you know, certain differences that I think kind of put the value back into a game. Whereas a used game to a consumer is a much bigger value than a used car or a new house, a used car or used house. Mm-hmm. And that's part of where the the publishers are like, you know, they're getting this product that is virtually unchanged. I can understand if somebody gets a, a used game and it's completely foobar, but I think that a consumer of that sort has a right to return that game right? and get one that works. Right. You don't have the right to return a used car saying, oh, it doesn't work. Sure. I mean, under right. Lemon Law, you have certain rights to sue that person right. or something but, like that, yeah. but you don't have the right to, to get uh, another oh this this Chevy it, it it doesn't start right I want an, another Chevy well I, I, I want another yeah. house I think the thing about the second hand thing though that I think we still should be allowed to 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 have that right for video games is the the simplest getting it down to the simplest simplest um version of it on the schoolyard I'm 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 done with Mega Man three yeah I'm done with Double Dragon two you want to trade okay I think that that is something that should certainly be possible. I mean, publishers hate that, but that's something that they can't control. Yeah, they can't. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they should be able to control it. I mean, I think I... I okay, so here are two, two opposing forces that I'm for. 
that seem kind of hypocritical, but I definitely support a business's right to make their money. I also support mm-hmm. the individual's right to save their money. So right. just like just like I was talking about with the Guitar Hero DLC, um, they can they, like back when there was Guitar Hero Two, like they had the right to charge whatever they charged. I just think they charged the wrong price because I didn't, you know, I personally, you know, didn't think it was worth it to me. So that's why I didn't buy it. Right. So they had the right to charge what they did, and I had the right to say, you know what, I'm not going to buy this because it's not worth that much to me. Everybody was exercising their own power. Right. And in this case, I think, you know, yes, they have, they, you know, they, they're, it's understandable that they're miffed. And I think all the stuff that DiMatteo spewed in that one blog post where he, was, where he was saying, like, you know, oh, yeah, we don't hurt publisher sales, digital distribution, those was all bullshit because that, mm-hmm. that was obviously spin. But I also just don't think that they, you know, it's, we, as consumers, we should have, you know, the opportunity for choice. Is It's all I'm saying. Like, we should be able to swap games even if the, the even if the publisher gets a little mad. Like, are they going to, you know, try to pass a law now that says that I can't ever go to your house with my copy of a game and take home your game? <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's silly to me. And so I guess it's slightly different if you're monetizing it. Because yeah, what, it is, because you can use that money to do anything else. Right. Um, but, like, I, it's the same thing. I could go to, I could be like, yo, I'm done with Call of Duty 3. Ethan, do you want it? Ethan bought Call of Duty 3 for 20 bucks off of me. Right. I should be able to do that among friends. Yeah, you should be able to do that among friends, but that's a small scale. See, if you did that and you wound up, say, for example, um, you wound up getting games from people and paying them for games and then selling them to other people. Like, um, you, know, you may buy a game from somebody else, personal, you know, for like 20 bucks, and you'll play through it real fast. And then you're like, okay, I'm done with this. And then you go find somebody else, maybe another friend, and you may want to sell that to them for like 23. <laughs> you know, why not? Um, if they're going to buy it for 23, why not? Yeah, but then what if you did that like on. A, a continuous scale. You made that a cycle. Why not? <laughs> I'm saying. I, I'm saying. Why not? I'd like to, if I could do that. If I wanted to do that, I should be able to do that. You know. Yeah, I guess. But then there's this thing called the license. Uh, you know, it, you're technically not supposed to be able to do that. But you know, that's that's that's, if, that's yeah, what's so if, fucked up about this. That's, yes. But if that was the case, then GameStop would be legally blocked from doing what they're doing right now legally i'm still trying to figure out why they're not you know because i thought that because i, I remember we were lot. talking about the four resale thing but like and and they the carts used to have it but now they don't yeah and i mean i think the well as a matter of fact i could look at that now myself let's look at a newer game why not let's see and now i'm not looking for the not for resale logo because i know that's not there but what I'm looking for is the oh, this is cut off in the book for um, uh, Castlevania. Yeah, here we go. That's why while you're looking. While you're looking, the other thing is eBay people. You know, they do that on a cycle. You know. Yeah, I know, and that I was just gonna say that it's just a fucked up thing about capitalism because publishers they want to exercise his right, but technically they can't, and um, it's it's the weirdest thing. It's almost like you know the system. It's it serves you, but it fucks you in the end too. I think um, I think that they have they have avenues that they can go down that don't require people passing a law to bar used games. I think they have avenues to go, 
and people can determine whether or not those avenues are, are desirable or not. You know, mm-hmm. there's several things they could do. They they you know make it like putting serial numbers on console games. I have no problem with that. I I really don't. If they're gonna do that, then that's fine. I understand. Like if uh, PC games do that already. Um, yeah. If they wanna, if they wanna, but that put, still doesn't stop you from selling the game to somebody. Oh, you're talking about like a, I'm, I'm, I'm a, just, ser- I'm, a bound serial number, or or something like that. I don't know. I'm just saying that there are, there are ways that they can do it without you know crying crying help. You know, and and of course their challenge is figuring out how to do it while continuing to retain the customers uh, that serve them. You know, and if they do the wrong thing, then the customers will leave them. That's the challenge mm-hmm. of business. That's what you do. That that's what you have to face when you get into such a big business like this. That's the cost, mm-hmm. you know. So if they could figure out a way, great. Like um, um, like if the serial number, like like if the serial number was used to to bind to to DLC, okay. Like I could trade my game with someone else, but then like that someone else won't be able to get the DLC. Like the whole We Speak thing, which by the way Nintendo actually cleared up. Like they said that you could buy, you could call Nintendo if you bought a used We Speak to get a new code. Right. So, um. So it's it that and see that's funny in that sense Nintendo's like oh no no it's okay you can buy a used one we're not against that where everyone else is kind of so that's that's kind of weird. <laughs> All right, um, I checked two games. I mean, albeit they're made by the same publisher, but right. I think that there is no limited license like agreement in um in console games. I think that's why you can sell them used. You can't sell PC games used though because they have ULAs. Right. The other thing I was thinking about is used books. Hmm? The other thing I was thinking about is used books. Used books. What about okay. used books? Used books. I mean, they uh, like unless you tatter the book beyond recognition, which is similar to scratching up a disc, the content that you get is unchanged. That is very true. Nobody's ever had a problem with that. Um, I'm wonder why. I'm guessing that it doesn't cost as much money to make a book as it does to make a video game. And you know what? So the dollar so, differential yeah. is different. And see, that's the thing. Somebody brought up a good point about that, and I think, again, it was on Giant Bomb. Maybe it was on 1UP. I can't remember. But it's like um, maybe maybe you're spending the money on the wrong stuff. Not maybe. not not that they're, like, you know, doing it. Yeah, but, yeah, that they're, they're not really um, – I don't know. I, I, I hate to say this, but maybe they're not focusing on what counts. You know, they're, they're focusing on – on 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 spiffy graphics and and all that stuff, and I know that all that stuff is expected, but um, it's like yeah, I mean we're we're in this position with sixty dollar games because you know people favor advancement, and in order to buy into that advancement, they had to you know spend more money to develop all this shit, and 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 look where we are. Um, but I think that you know with with PC games, the fact that we have fifty dollar games still instead of that extra ten dollar premium. Um, and they look just as good, if not better. And yes, I know the argument is, yeah, but a PC costs more to make. That's quickly becoming irrelevant. Yeah, because you can get yourself yeah. a $500 PC that runs games and runs them very well. You can get a PS3 for $400 and not get anything with it. What it, what it also is, is it's the license. It's the licensing that the platform owners... Um, that the platform owners want to um, want to impose on the publishers, mm-hmm. right? And so, yep. you know, and that's in, maybe the publishers and the platform owners need to to hash something out. They need to to talk about something because I don't think there's like a licensing fee for for um, for a book because there's no console for the book to run on. Right. You know and what I mean? There's no yeah. licensing fee for a book because it's just paper. 
unless paper was owned and operated by a different company. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's got to be another way. And and again, if it's adver- if it means advertising, all right, no, I'm all for it. If if they can make advertising and make games forty or fifty dollars again, that's fine. That's another avenue that they're going to pursue, and they still are pursuing it. Um, well, Wii games are still fifty dollars. Wii games are still fifty dollars, but they don't require the same amount of resources necessary. This is arguable because I'm not a developer, but it seems I should say it seems that they don't require the same amount of resources that a 360 game would cost would require. Yeah, and that's, that's why. That's why. I think I, I think it's they don't require the same amount of technical knowledge that people have to pay for. That's what I meant. Resources. That's so, what you mean. Yes. Okay. I thought know. you meant like more people. No, 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 no. More tech. But it could be more people and more tech as well. Yeah, but I I don't know. I think that you can make a game with like six people. And sell that game for sixty dollars. <laughs> I think people have done that, and at the same time, you can make a game that a hundred people but, or so have worked on and sell that game for fifty dollars. Well, the um, six the six people. The how many hours would each each person have to work? How long would the development cycle be? How how much do they have to spend on the middleware and the software to power all that stuff that they're trying to do with only six people? Yeah, it doesn't matter um, because all of those. Um, costs of middleware and time and everything like that can still be factored into a group of like 100 people and the game can still cost yes or you know, or 100 people can build their own middleware without having to to buy it out from someone else in in a quicker amount of time because they're working in concert it, it's all it's all variable and like i i still think that on the Wii side of things because the tech is supposedly easier to work with and supposedly you know less powerful so that they aren't expected to do as much you know, they can vomit out shitty-looking games that people will still buy because of the fact that people know that this hardware isn't that powerful, so they're not expecting much out of it. So we have to, we don't have to spend as much time on polishing it up. But that's different. That's that's shovelware. I mean, there's shovelware everywhere, and that is warranted to be less costly. But I'm talking about projects that are still, you know, I'm I'm saying that. All right, you make a game for 360. And the 360 game cost sixty dollars. The say, let's say the 360 game was made by a small team, but it was a small team of talented people. But these talented people, the amount of money spent on this game <clears throat> is still much less than a game of equal caliber that was made by a larger group. Both games are going to retail for the same price. Well, I mean, are we talking about game quality? Because that's that's truly like a different thing. Like you could. Like a twenty dollar game could be a better game than a sixty dollar game. We know that. Well, I know, but, but I'm I'm not referring to okay. Uh, so you're you're referring quality. to build. I'm referring to, to resources. Build. I'm referring to a, a a game made by a small group of people that costs less to make, but still has. Well, I, I'm going to talk about quality because of the fact that there has to be a constant. A game that can still end up being of similar say graphic quality because we all know that the most of the money is going into the graphics gameplay is gameplay and it can you can make a really good game it doesn't have to have good graphics and it can cost less money so let's go into the graphics because that's what people are paying for apparently um you can have a team of a small team of people and a large team of people and they could take the respective amount of months like a, a large team could maybe take Two years to make a game. Like for example, look at this. Final Fantasy Thirteen. How long has this game been made in development? And it's still going to only retail for $60? But then you have all these other games that have been made eight months? 
and maybe buy similar or smaller groups of people who have spent less money and those games are still retailing for $60. It, it's... But but how many... Okay, but be realistic. How many six-person teams do you see making like something on the caliber of Gears of War? I don't know. I can't really tell. I don't know um, many games that are on retail. I was just using six as an arbitrary number. Because, I mean, the, and the reason why I'm still comfortable with saying that Wii games are cheaper because of the platform is because, like, well, there, there, there are a lot of things I think that a 360 or a PS3 developer have to have to work with, okay? And it, it requires people to, to learn it, you know? The, the time spent on learning the hardware, all right, and learning the ins and outs and learning how to optimize things versus the time spent working with GameCube hardware, which is basically what the Wii is. You know, six six people or a hundred people. Like what I'm saying is that it's more likely for a six person team to be to be to be able to create a successful game on Wii than it is on something that requires more know how, lest they face the problem of oh my god this game looks like shit. You know because because they didn't spend enough time in it. It's a 360 game. It should look like this. It should sound like this. It should do this. Um, regardless of the development team, voice actors. That's another thing. Voice actors. Um, the resources that they spend farming out to people who make cinematics, um, all that other stuff, you know, mm-hmm. that that factors into it as well. So it's not just like the, the core development team, but like all the other stuff that they put into it. That well, we might not have to do this for Wii necessarily because it's a weaker system. We're not going to have you know as much. Um, we're, they're not going to expect as much you know voice acting from us. So it's Red Steel. We'll just put in some you know Red Steel actually is is was relatively an expensive game to make, but it was still cheaper than a lot of, you know, 360 games. You know, that mm-hmm. required a big team, but it was still overall cheaper to make. I'm just saying, uh, my thing that I'm just going to put out there is that mm-hmm. they've been doing this shit for years, and right. it doesn't matter what the console, what the technical advances are, um, you've still got people who make, well, not still, but there is still the PlayStation 2 that was a very complex system to develop for, and those games did not retail for $60. Um, granted, the visual quality did not exceed that of the 360 and PS3, just due to a generational difference. Mm-hmm. I still honestly feel that the amount of effort and a, amount of revenue put in is comparable. Um, and oh, I, I agree. I, comple- I, I completely agree with the effort there. I, I do agree. I'm just saying that because the Wii is considered by some people as last-gen tech... You know? Right, and that it's it's all a marketing thing. That's okay. where I was going with that, and it's like it is, and like when you actually look at it, it is kind of last gen, you know, in comparison. That's the only it thing is. I was saying there. Um, I mean, the sixty dollars price tag is also because, well, they want to say inflation, which, which is kind of valid, and then also, like you said, it's also marketing. It definitely. Yeah, is I also mean, marketing. I would honestly think that uh, that these developers aren't selling themselves short uh, by selling a game for sixty dollars, by selling a game for fifty dollars. But it's very possible that right. maybe somewhere down the line there's an extra fee that is not associated with uh, development. Maybe it's an extra licensing fee. Maybe Microsoft and Sony are really getting greedy. Maybe the cost of developing these DVDs, these high-end multi-layer DVDs or whatever, may be going up. Maybe it's it's a manufacturing thing. Because I honestly think that the development well, three, cost... 360 is on a normal DVD, I believe. Yeah, 360 is on a normal DVD. Are you talking about PS3? PS3 is on Blu-ray, and okay, now yeah. GameCube, um, GameCube. Great. Now I'm saying <laughs> it. Um, 
Wii is using apparently dual layer DVDs for some of their games. Right, right. But their prices aren't going up. But that's a probably a manufacturing hit well, that they don't have to worry about. Dual layer only bumps it up to nine, right? As I recall, something like that. Because yeah, nine is eight. nine is basically standard, which means that like 360 has been using dual layer for the longest time, and so is PS2. But wait a minute, um, aren't DVDs 4.7? D- regular DVDs are 4.7. Dual layer, which I believe became the standard, because every time like every time I stick in a DVD from Netflix or something to watch on my computer, because I, I watch on my laptop when I'm traveling, mm-hmm. um, like if I actually look at the look look at how big it is, it's it's over four. Right. So, like, a movie is already nine, or or seven, or something. But the capacity required is nine. Is what I'm saying. Right. So, so then that means that 360s probably have been using dual layer DVDs. Um. But yeah, I mean, there like there there could be licensing thing. There's definitely going to be licensing things. I don't know how much they how much more they charge. If anything, if I were Nintendo, I'd probably charge more. Yeah. <laughs> Just because uh, I can. Yeah, but, and um, I, I'm assuming that they're probably not. Uh, because I thought that they were like the the bastards in licensing, right? But, but that was earlier, back in the day. They were the bastards right. of licensing. Maybe they're not anymore, and maybe Microsoft and Sony are really just trying to squeeze. Maybe it's um, you know, because development costs can vary so greatly, right? Yet they'll still charge you sixty dollars for a game. I mean, there are certain cases, of course, where people will release games for forty dollars and things like that. Right. You know, forty dollars is now new budget price. It's, that's, that's probably so sad. It is sad. It, it's it's incredibly sad because it just kind of goes with my whole big complaint, which is mm-hmm. a general complaint that you know, price of everything goes up, but our paychecks really kind of rarely go up. Um, right. they they definitely don't catch up with the prices of product. And I can remember when product used to be affordable, and people still getting paid the same amount of money getting paid today. And yeah. You know that that's that's for a whole different podcast. That's for the economic podcast. Right, right. I, I think though that there is a co- like like going off all that that we said about development and stuff like that. I think there, and and this is this all spawned from from like what I heard people saying in, in another podcast that yeah, publishers did them to themselves by making these games more expensive. Um, there there's there's so much more room now for something like World of Goo. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if they can if they can if they can somehow, um turn make a cash cow out of those and and i hate to use that term because it's it's got such a negative connotation but i mean that's what it is they can make cash cows out of games that are that are not as expensive to make but you can you can easily turn a high profit because like okay they're 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 world of goo two guys Mm -hmm. okay and braid one guy braid two guys oh those two yeah um because one you, you had to have an artist there um, oh, that's he, true. He, he was Blow wasn't the artist. I th- uh, yeah, Blow was the coder, and then his friend was the artist, or something like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, World of Goo, Braid, whatever. Um, like, and, and those aren't using like the full power of you know the 360 or PS3, and yet people still like them. You know, they mm-hmm. found a way to make it look good, um, without you know having to you know be looking like Gears of War. Um, there's right. more. There's more room for that. You know, so they can they can kind of push that type of stuff. Pick up more indie developers and, and promote their stuff. And you know what? And I hate to say this, but a game that would, let's say, theoretically cost five bucks per unit to make, charge it for twenty five, and people will still be like, "Great," because it's not sixty. Yep, and that's, that's still, for sure. That's still a healthy profit margin. I mean, they could they could go that route. Um, mm-hmm. uh, um, and then like, of course, with the with the used games thing, there's always DLC, and people are buying into it. So, 
I think, and, and the, the the greatest asset there is the fact that everybody has a choice. Like, I, I can choose to download something, or I can choose to buy it from wherever you saw Left 4 Dead for 20 bucks. Oh, uh, yeah, Amazon. Is it, I looked for it on Amazon. <laughs> wait, wait. It was Black Friday, though. Um, Amazon. The, oh. Let me see. Cheap-ass gamer. Left uh, da, 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 da. for PC. Dead PC on Amazon.com. Um, Friday only. Left for Dead 1995. God damn it. Yeah. God damn it. I knew I missed something. It'll. Uh, oh, fuck. And then you said you saw it for, th- for, th- for 20 at Circuit City, too? Um, I believe so. Let's see. Black Friday feels now live. Um, oh, only Black Friday. Forget it. It's Black Sunday. Black Sunday. Blue Sunday. Um, where is it? No. Left for Dead, 50 bucks. That's GameStop 360. Um, wait. Let me not look for left. Cause that will bring me all sorts of places. <laughs> left turn making fool. Um, nah, the only Left 4 Dead that was on uh, the regular Black Friday list was at GameStop. Oh, all right. Well, I guess I won't have Left 4 Dead for a while then. Wow, Doom Three was ten dollars. Doom Three should be worth like three. Dune or Doom? No, Doom, as ah. in shoot, shoot demons. Best well, Buy had Bioshock for ten dollars too, and Assassin's Creed for PC. Or you could put Not the you could put the used game abusing GameStop out of business and download the id collection from Steam. <laughs> yeah, but that's like games. mad games yeah, I know, that I want to play. Yeah. <laughs> um, Did you see the THQ collection? Which is the reason why I got a hundred um, bucks. Yeah, it's like a hundred bucks for like mad games that you don't want, but and Titan Quest. Let's see, THQ collector's pack. Well, actually, no, it's it's games that you probably would want to play. There's like a company, Ooh, company heroes. of heroes. Ooh. Yeah, and the expansion Frontland, Frontlands, Frontlines, Full Spectrum Warrior, Full Spectrum Warrior, Ten Hammers, Juice Two, Stalker, Titan Quest, and expansion, Warhammer 40k, Dawn of War, uh, Gold, Dark Crusade, and Soulstorm. Actually, this is a good deal. It's a pretty good deal. These uh, are good games. I it's not. It's not Summoner. Be. Yeah. Oh God. You know. <laughs> anyway. I, I I honestly I think I would probably only play like Titan Quest like on my PC I probably wouldn't play Juice Two I'd rather play it on a console I'd play, I'd play Stalker mm-hmm. uh, I don't really know anything about Warhammer so I probably wouldn't put too much time in it uh, and then it's Company Heroes which you said was good uh, if I hadn't bought Titan Quest man or if you hadn't bought it I would buy this and give you the gift code or something <laughs> <laughs> who wants who wants to who wants twenty bucks for Titan Quest anybody out there. On Steam, who wants twenty bucks? <laughs> twenty bucks. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, back to the uh, news article, which, <laughs> which we still are talking about, even though it might not seem like it. Um, yeah. If the resale market begins facing roadblocks, would you be upset? That's the last question of the um, of the of the article. That's what the the, the writer says. Uh, is this resale market um, just GameStop and like? Game crazy and like these other places that sell I, used games, or is it the entire market like eBay? I take it and... to mean resale in general. If GameStop went under, I mean, or if GameStop's specific type of used market went under, I wouldn't be upset. But if resale in mm-hmm. general, like if if we were mandated to not be able to sell our goods on eBay 
or like at a fleet market or something like that, then I would be upset. Yes, that that is what I was getting at because I think that we should have a right to resell our merchandise, especially in a case when that merchandise is no longer normally available in right, the market. Right, right. Uh, which um, Atlas stopped making one print of each game. Yeah, you know, it would be nice that every Atlas game is a collector's edition. Speaking uh, of Atlas, let's see what they have on their website. Oh, they, they don't really have a, Oh, yeah, they do. The store is on Amazon. The Atlas like store? Yeah, the Atlas store really? is on Amazon now. Mm-hmm. No wonder it's been down for forever. Because <laughs> I've, I have I went to the Atlas store, and I kept on clicking on store, and it was like, oh, we'll be, we'll be up soon. No. Eternal Poison. So that's it's an Atlas game. I don't know, I, I saw this game was on sale on, on, at some store, and I was like, what the hell is this? How do we get to the Atlas store? Because they say, you... oh, they just linked to Amazon. Okay, I see. What yeah. yeah. I see. Ease 1 and 2, I forgot that that was coming out on DS. I do want Oh, to. that is Ease 1 and 2. They're the same Ease 1 and 2 that was on uh, Turbo Graphics. Yeah, yep. Ah oh, man. Now I got to be torn between getting the Turbo Graphics version or the, original. the DS version. You know, it's like classic or or remake. Oh my god, there's music on this site. <laughs> <laughs> turn it off, turn it off. Oh, it's bam, 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 I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I don't know why. I just wanted to do it to be silly. While you're looking at that, um, Gavin Isaac has VFHD hurry limited time offer mailbag. <laughs> What's this limited time offer? Let's see. Um... There's a whole bunch of images that I don't want to turn on, so I'm just going to delete this mail. Excellent. And then MySpace sent our Try Games MySpace page. Um, new message from Black Curtain Screenings. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is a Black Curtain? What is Black Curtain Screenings? I don't know who you are, but I'm not going to read your message because I'm doing. I'm doing. Po- As Tony would say, I'm doing podcast. <laughs> but I'm hungry now, so if I, 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 I have nothing more to say on Demiteo's Demiteoing. Um. Yeah. What the oh, kind of actually, this? actually, to, to, before we go, um, did you hear about what Mike Caps said? This has been all over podcasts. You heard about what Mike Caps was saying that some people were were thinking about? Um, no. Mike Caps is um president of Epic Games, and he basically said, "Okay, here's what he says. Uh, the secondary market is a huge issue in the United States. We don't make any money when somebody rents games. We don't make any money when someone buys used games. Way more than twice as many people played Gears and actually bought it. Um." I've talked to some, and this is, to be clear, this is what he says other people are saying, not him. I've talked to some developers who are saying, quote, if you want to fight the final boss, you go online and pay 20 bucks, but if you bought the retail version, you got it for free. This comment, mm-hmm. So I think he's basically saying, like, I buy, um, I buy, the, uh, I buy a game with, like, a code, okay? Mm-hmm. And I stick it into my, um, my console. And the game reads that code, and downloads the final boss. And I have the whole game. I give this game to someone else. He sticks it in the console. His code tries to get uploaded, but the, the server says, you, you've already been used. Um, if you want the final boss, pay 20 bucks for it. B- basically saying that, yes, you can buy the used games, but you're still going to have to pay to actually get the full thing if you bought it used. Which would really suck for people who Which bought really $5 for, off. For five, a, for $5 off. And two... People who are who who still refuse to connect online, Tony. <clears throat> yeah. So not that I support this idea, and not that he supports it. He's just saying that this is the kind of crazy shit that they're forced to come up with. 
Yeah, I'm sure. So I mean, jeez. I mean, it's bad enough that they, uh, you know, they give people these little cosmetic things that, you know, to further develop their e peen when they get things on the first day, like <laughs> Golden Lancer. e peen. <laughs> I mean, I guess Golden Lancer really helped people um, purchase the game. It was like, right. oh, because I, I, I didn't know what it was. I, I saw um, it when I was at Evelyn's brother's house for Thanksgiving. And. Brotherlin. And. Um, I said, "What? He's got the gold lancer. What? Is, how do you get that?" And then his younger brother said, "It's basically just, uh, you know, a status statement that you were there at midnight." I was like, right. "Oh, okay. That means I don't need to worry about it." Right, right. <laughs> I don't care about these things like people in Warcraft getting to level eighty in like twenty something hours, and you know, finishing all the content. I don't give a fuck about that. I'm still level seventy-two. That's right. Ooh. I got other things to do. You've got an E flaccid. Yeah, I suppose. But I have a real... Wait, never mind. <laughs> no, thank you. No one to know. I don't want to know. No, no, we don't want to know. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, um, we're both hungry, so we're going to get out of here. Congratulations yeah. to Miss Cortana um, and Su- Supersonic, I guess, even though you don't want Trig. <laughs> so, right. Next week, Tony, we'll get him to speak in his uh, Jack Thomas voice as long as possible for you. Mm-hmm. Um, beware though that since you asked for it as long as possible might not be very long at all I'm just saying yeah one can only do that for us for so long before their brain gives out pretty much and then they get disbarred <laughs> you think Tony's gonna get disbarred Tony should get disbarred he doesn't even have a bar association certificate he should get disbarred anyways but like yeah. you've been D-disbarred double E disbarred double D disbarred yeah double wow yeah that's innuendous, if that's, that's not a word. That's not a word, I'm sorry. Um, Persona 4, PlayStation 2, buy it. I'm still in the Atlas store. Ah. Eternal I, Poison. I, I, it's too and I just, I just came Persona. across your Eternal Poison, and I don't know what this is either. It, it seems like it's a strategy RPG. <laughs> oh, boy. That takes, like, 150 hours to play. But Pretty much. Um, plugs. Uh, you went to see something, and you posted it somewhere. Yeah, I went to see Dragon Force. You know, the people who uh, made that song for uh, Guitar Hero that is in the Guinness Book of Records as the hardest Guitar Hero song or something like that. Um, and you can see videos and pictures from their concert as well as other things about like me eating that Guitar Hero food. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. He beat the box. Or I did beat he? the box. Did he? Um, that's a mystery. Possibly. You never know until you go and leave comments at XLM as in Mary, 2K as in Kiddo. Dot blogspot.com. <laughs> and uh, let's see. You said you did you put it, you said you put up a blog in GameSpot about your your um cheap games or is it the same? Uh, I put that blog on GameSpot. Cheap game blog on GameSpot. The underscore antipode. That's his username. Uh, don't wear it out. And then you can watch the Dragon Horse. Uh, and I'm trying to click on this video. It's not. Oh, okay. It's on the Picasso. Okay. So yes, leave comments. Um. Do we have anything new on the site? Uh, we do, but it's not technically new. I don't know if I talked about it on the last podcast. Yeah, I did. Um, I did uh, mention it, maybe. it's. Uh, it was posted on the 13th of November, which is half a month ago. Um, it's called When Positive Reviews Are Moot. The game just came out. 
And I was inspired to write it because I was waiting online trying to buy a game, and some guy behind me was talking with his girlfriend about Fallout 3. She was like, oh, didn't this game get a lot of reviews? He's like, yeah, they, they kind of don't matter, though, because the game just got out, and everyone's excited. And I'm like, that makes no oh, sense. Man. And they have Fallout 3 for, like, mad sales, like $30. And I'm like, I really don't want to get this because it's going to take forever. Right. I, I'm still not even past you know, character level one in Oblivion. I don't think I want, I, I was just like, yeah. I want Fallout 3, but it's just going to sit on my closet, sit on my counter for like a year times four. Times four. <laughs> I haven't even finished Fallout 1 and 2. And those are both I haven't started Fallout 1 or 2. I, it, I basically haven't started them either because it, that was like two, three computers ago. Yeah. Oh, three I'd be surprised if they still run on if they run on Vista. Shit. Yeah, we should start measuring times and com- timing computers. So. Yeah, I should probably just pull that game out and like try and install it, see if it works. Yeah, but uh, that's enough from us. We're going to bid you farewell. Uh, for myself, Austin, Mister Chupan, and for Al. Yeah, peace out. Yeah. I am. I just said it. I'm Austin, Mister Chupan. <laughs> and uh, cue the music. Out. Yeah, we're out so that I can watch uh, Al's Dragon Force videos. Yeah. Get down with the gangsters. Go here, girl, put some back, get some megaphone in. While I stand up in the back, run and check a phone. <laughs>